All right, well, welcome to this episode of the Text Tech Edition of the Heartland College Sports Podcast Network. I am your host, Jackson Moody. Um, we got a lot to talk about today. Texas Tech baseball gets back on track. They get two out of three against North Dakota State. Uh, Abilene Christian got canceled. Then they get a road split at number eight Stanford. Overall, a uh, pretty good week for them. Uh, but we also have a bit of basketball news to talk about, so we'll get all into all of that. All right, so on the baseball front this week, their midweek game against Abilene Christian got canceled. So they didn't play that one. Abilene Christian's actually a pretty decent uh, baseball team. They're kind of in between Texas Tech and Oklahoma in the RPI. So that's one that could have helped them uh, in the RPI. But they will still play Abilene Christian May 9th in Lubbock. And they actually play April 25th at Abilene Christian. But on Friday, things went very bad for uh, Texas Tech baseball. Um, so... This was obviously supposed to be a Thursday, Friday, Saturday series. Uh, the Friday game was supposed to be around 1 p.m., maybe 2 p.m., but it got pushed back till 7 p.m. Uh, well, it got pushed back. The Thursday game got pushed back to be a doubleheader on Saturday, and the Friday game got pushed back from 1 p.m. to 7 p.m. because of travel issues out of Fargo. And I will say it started well. Uh, first two innings, Texas Tech held them scoreless. Then Austin Green homers down the right field line, gives them a one nothing lead. And then the bottom just falls out. They give up eight unanswered runs the rest of the way, including four in the ninth. And they fall to a very bad North Dakota State team who had travel issues. And you know what? Credit to North Dakota State uh, for fighting through all the travel issues. Uh, but really a disappointing performance from Texas Tech, Brendan Gerton. Did not play well. He gave up three earned runs uh, and four and a third against not a great team. You expect more. Tabor fast. Uh, pitched well again out of, the, out of the bullpen. One and a third. No earned runs. Ethan Coombs, uh, two, two innings. No earned runs. He only gave up one hit. He did walk one guy, and he struck out five. So Ethan Coombs looking pretty good. Uh, Derek Bridges got some good work. Uh, no earned runs. Pitched uh, third. I mean, not really good work, but Derek Bridges got an out to get them to the ninth. Andrew Devine, man, gives up four runs, none earned. Um, only gets two outs, but no earned runs. Garrett Crowley uh, gives up a hit and gets an out, but gives up nothing across the plate. It just was not a good day. It wasn't Texas Tech's day on the field. And they would bounce back with an 8-5 and 8-3 win on Saturday in the doubleheader. Mason Molina pitched pretty well in this one. Uh, he allowed one earned run in five and a third. That That's good. If Mason Molina can get you five innings and just give up one, two, maybe three runs sometimes, then you're in really good position. Uh, Brandon Beckel. Uh, he gave up a run. He gave up a run to North Dakota State. It's the only the second earned run he has given up this season, and he's pitched over eighteen in uh, over twenty innings, I believe, at this point. Well, he pitched one and a third. Uh, Zach Erdman, he uh, he had a bad outing. Got one out, gave up three earned runs, walked two guys. Um, I don't think we'll be seeing him pitch in the regional. If we do, uh. We may be in trouble now. He still may be a really good player someday. Jace Lopez did a good job out of the pin in the eighth inning to help close it out. Ryan Free with the save. Uh, so 
was some bad news from this game. Uh, Owen Washburn got injured, and that is a huge blow because you're already missing um, Dylan Carter out in the outfield. Uh, there, there's hope both of them could be back from by tournament time, but it's a good team that good thing that this team is deep in the both. Really, they're kind of deep in pitching too, with uh, considering all the injuries they have, but especially hitting, and f- they're they're very deep, so. It's going to be tested uh, down the stretch in Big 12 play. The good thing is you've already played all the top teams in the Big 12. I know some people think West Virginia is a great team. I, I think they're a good team. Uh, it's going to be tough because you have them in Morgantown. But I I think that this is a good time for guys to work their way back into shape, um, come back from injury. And I, I, I think it's going to end up all right for Texas Tech. It will be interesting to see what this team does the rest of the season. And then some struggles on the mound from Trenton Parrish on the Sunday afternoon game. Or Saturday afternoon game, sorry. Uh, Easter was Sunday. But he gives up a couple runs, uh, gives up a double to center field. Somebody scores, and then they reach on uh, fielder's choice 2-0 in the second. But Trenton Parrish gives up early runs again and then fights back, gives up just two earned runs in this game, three runs earned overall. He gave up one more in the sixth that was unearned. Pitched six innings. That's what you need out of him. And then Kyle Robinson, three scoreless innings for the save. Strikes out three. Walks nobody. Gives up no hits. That was a good way to end it. Um, Dylan Maxey, uh, he's actually a guy I'm interested in. Because uh, I think he's a good second string catcher behind Hudson White. Hudson White did DH uh, in this game. But Dylan Maxey goes two for three. Uh, Hudson White went 0 for 7 overall on Saturday. So that that's a bit concerning, but nothing I'd be too worried about. Nolan Hester, 2 for 2. Uh, pretty good day. No complaints from Texas Tech in this one. Uh, they get the win. It, now, the North Dakota series, you expected a sweep. Everybody probably expected a sweep in this series. And it didn't work out that way. But they lost the first game, bounced back, win the next two, even after falling behind in both games fairly early. So a lot of toughness in this team, a lot of grit. They play from behind just about every single game. They get two out of three, and then they go to Stanford. And this is where it gets really interesting here. Stanford, you put up a four spot in the second. Then you give up three more in the second. The start went to Jacob Rogers. He allowed three earned runs and two and a third. Uh, the pitching at, at the start was not great. Andrew Devine, Devine, sorry, two earned runs, two runs total, one and a third. Ethan Coombs goes, gives up a run, one and a third. Then Derek Bridges and da- Dax Dath. I I believe. I'm sorry if I pronounced that wrong. I'm very sorry. But he goes one and third, scoreless, strikes out two. Um, so, overall, it was pretty good. You didn't hit the ball that well. You hit 8 of 35. You're well under 250. Stanford hit 5 of 28. You pitched pretty dang well. Just not not enough to pull it out. But then on Tuesday, the bats came alive. You know, scored in the first when Bazell single to center field. Ty Coleman scored. And... Then you put on three more in the third, give up two in the bottom of the inning, and then you just bounce all the way back, 
get a run in the fifth, get three more in the seventh, tack on another three in the ninth. It's 11-2. It's a blowout. You're blowing out the number eight team in the nation at their house. And by the way, your starter for this game was Zane Petty. Ryan Free also pitches one and two-thirds, gives up no runs. Brandon Beckel pitches three innings for you, three hits, no runs. Um, Kyle Robinson, two innings, no hit, no hits, no runs, two strikeouts. Brandon Beckel struck out four. Um, on the day, you hit 14 of 39, uh, much better than the first day. Got 10. It really... There's not much that you can complain about. Uh, there were a lot of strikeouts from this team. They struck out 13 times compared to Stanford's 10. But overall, for a midweek, you cannot complain. And I'm sorry, I, it's almost impossible to watch these games because they're on Pac-12 Network and nobody gets that. Uh, it'll be a little bit better in a couple of years when they're on the CW uh, doing that uh, shoulder coverage with the failing Live Golf Tour. But overall... Really good day for, really good week for Texas Tech. You get two out of three against North Dakota State, so you avoid disaster there. You didn't move down in the rankings. I, I believe you actually moved up one to 21, which, going to be honest, winning two out of three against uh, a bad North Dakota State team shouldn't do that for you. But then you go and get a split with Stanford on the road, who is a top 10 team. Little bit of revenge. Little bit of revenge for that Super Regional. It doesn't, doesn't at all. Uh, erase the pain of that super regional but looking ahead for this team there is hope that washburn can come back some point this season uh hopefully by the ncaa tournament maybe before the big 12 tournament there is a lot of hope that dylan carter will also be back so you can have some reinforcements coming in in the outfield um and then pitching wise i'm starting to feel a little bit better about this bullpen not not because of where it is right now because it's not in a great spot right now. To be clear, it is not in a great spot right now. But Andrew Devine Vine has some experience. Um, now, whether he can dust it off because he had a bad outing against Stanford and North Dakota State and get back to the form that he was in in 2020, I don't know. But... You have Brandon Beckel out of the pen who can give you some innings. You have Derek Bridges who is starting to pitch more. He's pitching well. You have Free, you have Ryan Free, and you have Tabor Fast, two young arms that I trust out of the pen. You have Ethan Coombs who's coming on right now. Then there's also a chance that Bo Blessy comes into your bullpen as well for the NCAA tournament. So you could be looking at, okay, we have six, five, six arms that we trust in here by the time that you hit the regional. And then you also have some younger guy, a couple, pair of younger guys. Uh, I know one of them is Josh Sanders, who impressed in the regional last year, who didn't look that good earlier in the season, but turned up when it was regional time. So, you know, you could be looking at six or seven guys in that pin that you're like, all right, we have a decent pin if everybody can stay healthy. By the time the tournament rolls around. Uh, the biggest problem for this team is starting pitching right now. Uh, that's that's my biggest concern. And I'm not too concerned about our Sunday starter. I think that um, Trenton Parrish, he gives up some early runs. But man, he fights back. He battles back. I think that he's a good pitcher. I think he's a quality starter. Uh, Kyle Robinson's the other guy that I was thinking of. Sorry. Uh, out of the pen. 
But I like Trenton Parrish as a Sunday starter. I think that Mason Molina's pitching okay for you. And, you know, it's going to be interesting because Mason Molina, he pitched five and a third against not a good North Dakota State team but only gave up one run. Brandon Gerton's the guy that I'm really concerned about right now because this is three shaky starts in a row, I believe, from him. Uh, so it's going to be interesting. He's pitched four. Four and a third gave up four runs against North Dakota State. I I honestly don't know what you do there because he's not pitching like a Friday starter should be pitching at this moment. Now, is that to say that you can't turn around? Absolutely not. But, you know, he's in a slump right now. He's in a slump. And if you're looking for a third starter, and especially your Friday starter, you can't have that going into the NCAA tournament because that Friday game in the regional, we found it out last year, that is your most important game of the regional. It was Chase Hampton, I believe, that got the start against Notre Dame. That regional, if you and also, it wasn't even really pitching that was that bad for you last year. It was the hitting that went cold in the regional. The pitching did its job. But if you get that win against Notre Dame, you probably still beat Georgia Southern. You got two chances to pick off Notre Dame pitching your third and fourth guys instead of relying on your fourth or fifth guys. Now, Chase Hampton obviously got bounced early, so he got to come back and pitch again as a starter that regional. But you really need to find a lockdown Friday starter at this point, and we do not have that yet. That's my biggest concern going forward for, for this team. It's not the bullpen. I think the bullpen will round into form by the time the tournament comes around. The concern right now is who's going to be your Friday starter to open that regional. Because right now you're tracking at a two seed and you're looking at a tough 2-3 matchup. At the moment, D1 Baseball has you playing Iowa in the 2-3 matchup in Oregon's regional. Which, look, we saw Iowa earlier this year. They are not an easy team to knock off. If you play a team like that... In the 2-3 matchup, you better have a good Friday starter or your bats better put up 11 runs like they did Tuesday at Stanford. All right, moving on into some basketball news. And I know there's been a lot of talk around the program that things are moving too slowly. We have gotten a couple assistant coaches out of North Texas. There's been Ben McCollum rumors. I, I know there's Brandon Pure. Peary rumor, Barrett Peary, my God, why did I just do that? Barrett Peary rumors, um, I'm not sure that Barrett Peary's coming. Um, some people are saying they don't think that McCaslin wants to hire him. Some people are saying that they do think that he's coming. So we'll have to wait and see. It's important that he gets his guys in there. And I'm okay bringing guys from North Texas uh, that you worked well with, that were good for you. But you can't bring just a Conference USA staff over. I think that's the problem with Matt Wells is he brought a Utah State staff over. Now, I will say this. Matt Wells' Utah State staff was way less successful at Utah State than Grant McCaslin's North Texas staff was successful at North Texas. I mean, you go back to the Matt Wells era uh, at Utah State, and you just look at the win-loss record here. He gets to... Utah State uh, for 2013, they go nine and five, then ten and four, six and seven, three and nine, six and seven, ten and two, and that was with Jordan Love in his next to final season at Utah State. So he did have 
a couple winning seasons. He also had a lot of bad seasons. He had three straight losing seasons at Utah State, which obviously, well, he didn't have three straight losing seasons at Texas Tech. I think we all think he would have if he would have coached out the last four games. He probably would have lost the last four and gone five and seven. Maybe he gets one, then loses the bowl game. But overall, he just was not as successful at Utah State as Grant McCaslin was at North Texas. And I bring that up because a lot of people are also concerned that this is kind of a Matt Wells type hire. You're getting a G5 coach. This is not the same level. Grant McCaslin was unprecedentedly good at North Texas. Matt Wells was not unprecedentedly good at Utah State. This is a much better hire than the Matt Wells hire was. Now, also, I think he's the right fit. And I know that there's been a lot of rumors circulating around about um, players. He's not talking to players or whatever. I I don't quite buy those rumors. Um, I know one of them is that he's having anxiety breakdowns. I I think that's a bunch of BS. Um, <laughs> uh, those are not anywhere near sourced. And if anything, they're pushed back on against. So I, I don't buy those at all. I think he's trying to figure out his staff. And look, there's a lot of time left in the transfer portal. Uh, there's players that were being rumored with. Nothing's official. Uh, Daniel Bacho entered the portal, so he's gone. Obviously, O'Banner's gone too. Amac is long gone. He's headed back to Cal. Man, I, I, I will say I know that he's going to play for his former coach. Going from playing at the USA to playing at Cal and a glorified mid-major conference. I mean, what do you want me to say? That sounds horrible. That sounds horrible. I mean, which, you know what? For Fardos, I, I don't care. He, he, he can go back to Cal or wherever. I, I don't care about Fardos. But Robert Jennings uh, has announced that he's returning. He made his top two, Virginia and Texas Tech. And I will say, going into this, when he announced that his top two was Texas Tech of Virginia, I, you know, I was ready to judge whether he's a great human being or a horrible human being just off of that decision alone, whether he comes back or not. Um, because, you know, if he's given us the win over Virginia, he is a great man, one of my favorite players of all time, awesome human being, salt of the earth. If he uh, goes to Virginia over Texas Tech, he is dead to me. Uh, he slapped us all in the face. Uh, nothing but the worst for him. But, and, and I'm exaggerating. A bit, uh, but he comes back to Texas Tech. I think that's good. Um, we get him back, and really, not many guys are in the portal. Not many. Daniel Bacho is obviously gone. Uh, Elijah Fisher is also in the portal. I'm not sure whether Elijah Fisher comes back or not. He's a piece I'd really like to have. I think at this point, it's, it's still Pop Isaacs. It's Jalen Tyson and Elijah Fisher are my top three Probably Lamar Washington's my fourth priority at the moment. I'm not sure if Drew Steffi is a hundred percent locked in. I know there's rumors there. I know he said he's a thousand percent locked in. I think we'll all have to wait and see. And I, I wouldn't blame him if he decides to look a bit elsewhere. If he's not going to get any role in this team, if McCaslin doesn't see him fitting in. Um, but you know the expectations for next year are going to be to make the tournament. To make the tournament. And next year is going to be a way better season. And this offseason is going to go way better. Because we got rid of Mark Adams and brought in a new guy. Now, are we going to go to the Sweet 16 next season? Probably not. Are we going to 
go five and thirteen in conference play again. We we better not. We better not go five and thirteen in conference play again. But the expectation right now is probably for next year get to the tournament. And then you can see where it goes from there. You can see what McCaslin's doing recruiting-wise when he has more resources, more time, because he's dealing with a lot of turnover, and they only have eight official visits to the campus during this transfer portal season. So it's going to be really interesting to see how he builds out this roster. I think we're in okay shape. We're likely going to keep Kyron Lindsey. Uh, I think we we are keeping him. We're keeping Robert Jennings. Um, it. Jarrett Jackson from Florida looks like he's uh, also going to stay as an incoming freshman. Pop Isaacs, there's a good chance you keep. Jalen Tyson, good chance you keep. And then you see what other guys you can get. If you can keep one of Lamar Washington or Elijah Fisher, you're in really good shape. And that's going to do it for this one. Um, Appreciate you all listening. If you all have any questions because the season is slowing down a bit, we play Oklahoma in baseball this weekend. I will give you all a quick preview of that. They're not very good. Uh, <laughs> the thing I'm going to be looking for is what we do on Friday with our Friday starter. If Brandon Gurdon is the guy, so be it. That's no complaints there. Can he pitch well? Can he pitch well in a road environment? Because you're likely going to – well, you won't be playing the one seed on the road in the regional on a Friday, but you're likely going to be a high two seed at the moment. You're still very much in the race for a top 16 and to host. But if you can pick two out of three off of Oklahoma, uh, get back to 500 in conference play, then sweep Baylor. You're three games above 500. Then you go to Manhattan and Morgantown back-to-back and then close out with Kansas. There's a lot of opportunity left here for this team. There's still 15 conference play games to go. There's a couple of big midweeks, including two against ACU, that can help your RPI. The Big 12 tournament really doesn't matter. But – That's going to do it for this one. This is Jackson Moody. Um, Thank you.